0: Welcome to season two of the Sonship and Sexuality Podcast. This is the first episode and I am so excited that you are here to join me and my man, James Neal, as we dive into the topic of purity culture and addressing the common myths and misconceptions that have come out of purity culture and kind of bring those ideas back to the word and say, what does God say about purity, sexual integrity for you as sons and as daughters? I'm so excited for you to jump into this conversation with us. All right. What's up, everybody? Hey, I just want to welcome in our guest for this episode, the James Neal out there in Colorado Springs, Colorado. What's up, my man? How are you doing?
1: What is up, bro? So good to hear from you and to see you again.
0: Yes, we are best bros. We have some history. Just to give you guys context, um, James and I went to school together. We're on our freshman wing together at ORU. (laughs) Um, have some amazing memories that we won't get into because those will be an hour just sharing those stories <laughs> on the floor. Things that were awesome, things that were a little edgy. I remember coming back after curfew one time because uh, we wanted to go see Iron Man 3. Yeah, um, crazy back in the day that Iron Man 3. Um, were we
1: chased
0: eat. by cops or security? We 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 spent the night at IHOP because we were afraid to come back, even though we probably wouldn't have even gotten in trouble just for coming back. Um, but it's okay. We had great IHOP pancakes, and it was it was a great time. So had some great stories. Went on a mission trip together to Puerto Rico. That was super fun. Lots of memories on the playa back in the day.
1: <laughs> you saved my life, man. I broke my ankle and. You carried me.
0: I you did. The
1: baby. That's
0: not the story you've told for years, though. You said it was because of me, but that's okay. Well, well, we'll the Lord
1: softened thing. my heart towards you since then. <laughs> I have forgiveness.
0: Ah, forgiveness. That's Come funny. on. So we did that. We started dating our girlfriends that are now our wives right around the same time. I think, was it the same year? that it we... was the
1: same year, like, or basically like the same month, in
0: fact. Yeah. 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 He told me that he was going to become a missionary to China, and I was completely unaware of what he was talking about. But lo and behold, he meant that he was pursuing a dating relationship with his girlfriend, now wife, China Neal. So...
1: To be clear, for the listeners, this was Augustine's joke. Freshman year, me and China were friends. He's like, oh, James, are you going to become a missionary to China? He made the joke for literally my entire freshman second semester. And I come back the next year and I'm like, hey, Augie, I'm going to become a missionary to China. He's like, what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Are you you quitting school to (laughs) become a full-time missionary? I'm like, come on, bro.
0: To be fair, it was after the summer, and I hadn't seen you in a while, so I hadn't used the joke in a while, so grace on grace, grace on grace. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, we dated for, well, not we dated, we dated (laughs) our wives for a while, (laughs) just clarification in our our days and times, Uh, and uh, then we eventually both got engaged to our now wives, um, and then we were both in each other's weddings, that was super fun, man. Memories from that stories won't get into those either. <laughs> Maybe we'll just re- record an episode, a bonus episode of all of our stories. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, all the be, listeners would love to hear. At least. <laughs> Maybe we need to bring Ali and China in on that because that would Ooh, that might. That happen. could be fun. That could be fun. <laughs> no, but so James and I have just been connected for so long, and man, I'm just so thankful for your friendship. And uh, we just have so many great stories and memories. But what I'm most excited about is we talked about. In college, doing ministry stuff together in the future. And we always prayed and believed it would happen. And now this is just one cool thing of many more to come, I'm sure. Uh, just ministry crossover, right? You know, we yeah. love crossovers in movies when, you know, the different Marvel heroes show up in movies and we didn't know they were going to be there. This is my Marvel crossover moment. <laughs> I get to do ministry with James and on this podcast. So thanks for being here, man. Tell us a little bit for the listeners that don't know. Kind of your current context. What's what's going on in your season? You're in Colorado Springs. What does that look like? Um, Tell us a little bit about it.
1: Awesome. So uh, my wife and I we moved here about a year ago, a little bit over. Um, We were living in Michigan. We were on staff at a church out there, um, and the Lord kind of put it on our hearts um, after discussing it with our new pastors, pastors Brandon and Octavia Cormier.
0: Come on, um, shout out
1: pastors of Zeal Church. Uh, They invited us to come out and be a part, and the Lord pushed us out the boat. And so we moved here to be a part of helping Zill Church launch. Um, So that's what our context looks like here. Um, We were a part of the launch team and just getting it started. And it's been so wonderful to help add to the wonderful church culture and church history of Colorado Springs. It's very rich. There are a lot of churches here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to add a life-giving, diverse, multicultural, multi-generational church to that pot of just loveliness has been really fun. Um, and so we get to serve there through worship. Uh, we're being associate directors of the internship there. Um, so uh, I work at Messenger International, which is the ministry of John and Lisa Bevere. Uh, I'm a relationship manager there. Uh, so I deal with a lot of our partners. Um, and my wife is an app designer for PushPay slash Church Community Builder. So come on, it's uh it's been a fun season, uh, learning a lot about ourselves um, and the Lord. Uh, for me, moving is always fun because I'm a military brat, so my dad had <laughs> moving all over the world and nation. Um, and so, besides that, I'm currently authoring my first book. Come um, on. The book on honor. It's about uh, generational honor between the fathers and the sons. So, um, I'm excited to finish that. Uh, obviously, in the Lord's timing, because a good book at the wrong time is a bad book. So Come on. I want to write a good book in good time. So uh,
0: Yes. are you're, you're around one of the most prolific writers of our generation in the Bavirs who release a book all the time, just books all the time. So I'm glad you're uh, around such inspiration. That's super fun. And I can't wait to come out and visit Zeal Church because now my family's been there and I haven't even been over there. So I need to go pop in and see some peeps and shout out to Pastor Brandon, who's killing it down there. We love Pastor Brennan and blessing all that he's doing. Real quick, I didn't even think about this until now, but maybe give a little plug for the internship because I know a lot of our listeners are kind of youth, young adults, and are prime time for such an internship. So as associate director of the internship, tell us a little bit about it.
1: Awesome. So Zeal Church is doing an internship for ages 18 to 24. Um, primarily for those who are in like a gap year, um, like those who are maybe not sure what they're going to do after or before college or even I know so many, so many friends who are in college and just needed a break um, just to find themselves and find the Lord. Um, And so it's an excellent opportunity for young adults to come and serve in ministry. And whether you have a calling to ministry or the marketplace, there'll be so many things on the side of leadership and growth and even self-awareness and how you show up in a room as a leader um, that we're going to be discussing and growing. So this year uh, we finally closed. So you missed this year. But next year we would be happy to have any young adults who are curious maybe the lord's been calling you putting something in your heart from colorado springs or um, just the area and we'd love to receive you so check this out zealinternship.com come on Uh, just go to zeal church or reach out to me personally either of these ways we can get you plugged in
0: come on what a plug i love it All right, so you are the first episode of season two for the Woo! Sunship and Sexuality podcast. So yes. I hope you feel super honored and loved. Um, no, I've been thinking about this for a long time, though. I was like, I knew you were going to be the guest. I just had to tell you that you were going to be. So. <laughs> so,
1: awesome. No, I feel super honored. I'm like, oh, am I worthy to be the first? Oh, oh, this, oh this my! Great platform. What? Oh my! Me?
0: Well, it's it's going to be fun. We're going to talk about um, purity culture today, addressing sure. purity culture. Um, talking about some of the low-key kind of myths that maybe many of us um, that are listening, even James and I, have thought at different times of our life growing up, hearing some of these things um, that you know sound good or sound biblical, but maybe they're a little twisted or maybe they're just completely wrong. Um, and so we're just going to kind of dive into these like five different areas to kind of help you as a listener think through: Man, do I think this about? purity. And one of the reasons why I even called this podcast, um, sonship and sexuality is because there's always a tie in between our sonship and our sexuality. You can't separate the two. They're intertwined forever because it's a part of who we are. And so it's really important that how we think about our sonship and think about our sexuality is true. It's appropriate to God's word and it's what he intended. Um, and so we're going to talk about that today. Um, through purity culture and so before we get started though uh every guest that i'm having season two i'm gonna have them answer this question so (laughs) you're gonna be the first any other people that are listening and you're gonna be a guest in the future you have a heads up but james you're gonna have to get it raw he doesn't know what the question is it's super intense it's super real so here it is and and there's a lot of pressure on this okay because you know this this sponsor may be listening and you might get this so listen i'm
1: nervous it's nervous.
0: It's okay. If you could sign a lifetime endorsement deal tomorrow with any clothing brand, which would it be? If you could sign a lifetime endorsement deal tomorrow with any clothing brand, which would it be? And here's the caveat. You cannot wear a competitor. So for example, if you if you choose a, a certain sport line, hey, you can't do an opposing sports line. You have to stick with that. Think like an NBA athlete, right? You have, to, mm-hmm. you have to wear those shoes. You can't wear anything else. You're being paid to wear those shoes. So mm-hmm. it could be shoes. It could be clothes. It could be suiting. It could be anything you want. I've given you time to think about it. i got to have your answer. Signing a lifetime endorsement deal tomorrow, what would James Neal sign?
1: Wow, that is overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, clearly I have to pick. A clothing line that in, that has encompassed in it all things that I need. So I need shoes in there, I need clothes, mm-hmm. outerwear, mm-hmm. maybe even some hats. I need to be able to get that from one place. So the best people, they specialize, so that's hard. Like yeah. I have a guy for hats. I have a yeah. guy for shoes. Yep. Yep. Um
0: if y'all don't know, James dresses really well. Check him out on Instagram, even though he never posts. But it's I great. try my
1: best, guys. I try to bring some flavor to Colorado Springs. Here they like <laughs> wear a lot of Chacos. Ooh,
0: of Colorado. Even,
1: I, ugh, Crocs. I've seen Crocs everywhere yep. lately. I'm like, yep. what are we doing? Is nope. this back? Nope. Um, tank tops in the winter? We don't do that. So no, we don't do it. Trying nope. to educate the people of Colorado on all things nice. I mean, if I was to pick right now, <sighs> I'm caught up between two. So I love Zara, guys. Everyone who knows me knows I love Mm. Zara. Zara is like the peak of fast fashion because it's not as low of quality as certain other places that I won't name because I don't want to be shady Mm, uh, shady. to those places. And I might have a few of their items in my closet (laughs) right now. Uh, But Zara's build, they build their clothes a little bit more sturdy. Uh, but they cut everything closer to the body, how I like it. So, you know, more European style. Mm-hmm. So if I had to pick one today, probably Zara. I have someone else in mind that would be completely foreign to everyone in your audience. So <laughs> I won't even go there. So right now,
0: we'll go, go with, Zara. with Zara. Okay. Well, if Zara is if listening, they, it, just, it was a great plug. You should sponsor James right now. Right I think now. that would be worth it. He would He would model it. And I'm sure he would pick up his Instagram game if he (laughs) was sponsored.
1: Absolutely. Come through, Zara. Sponsor (laughs) me.
0: Oh, man. Well, you were the first one. I'm asking every guest this question because it's it's very important. In case you get a phone call, you need to know, you need to think (laughs) ahead. That's great. (laughs)
1: That's so unfair. If I had time, I would have the best answer. <laughs> the next,
0: next you guess, I'll have. Hopefully, they'll have a heads up beforehand because they should be listening, right? Mm-hmm. It's better. <laughs> All right, bro. Let's dive into the content. Um, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna we'll go through these myths. We won't spend super long on each of them, but um, the first one we'll talk about. What I'll do is kind of call it something. I'll describe it, and then we'll just kind of talk about it. So the first one that I have here is. Um, kind of this purity culture stigma that's kind of lasted and still kind of continues in some youth groups or areas that have been talked about. I'm not going to name names, but uh, (laughs) this idea that virginity equals purity that, Hey, if you're a virgin, if you've never had sex, um, you are pure, you are righteous, you are holy, you're great. You're in good standing with God. If you're a virgin Um, and that kind of just, is a theme that you know. No youth pastor, no young adult. We're not throwing shade at people saying like they're sure. saying these things verbatim. These are just kind of the themes that are ingrained in some of the teachings and thoughts that we've had. Um, and so it's this idea that hey, if you are in this box of being a virgin, you have the check mark. You have the the verified check mark right on social media. You got you're verified as pure before the Lord. Um, and it it's kind of seeped in our mentality. And I don't think any of us would say that. But I think some of us live in such a way where, hey, we we're doing the right things. And so we are in right standing with Mm -hmm. God. So, James, do you want to kind of like respond to that? Have you heard that? What is kind of your thought process when you hear me say that?
1: Absolutely, man. I think with the virginity equals purity idea, it's not even something for me that was Necessarily taught as much as it was just caught from the culture mm-hmm. around me. Mm-hmm. Um, like no one said it to me directly. I think it's almost like something that a young adolescent or young man or woman would naturally want to want to believe because as humans we're always looking for a, a, a left or right. Give me a straight answer. That's how we like. That's how we talk. Right. To people. Give me. Don't take out the fluff. Take out the things that I can't really either understand or control easily, and just yeah. give me a straight answer. So it's a lot neater i think in our heads to be able to separate purity into this box right of purity. um right. whereas unfortunately god doesn't look at it that way i mean yeah. isaiah 64 our righteousness is filthy rags so right. if our best day is filthy rags I, I mean i don't think we get to dictate you know, what gets us into that pure? Because you're talking about purity as this giant overarching theme, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to boil it down to one technicality. Not that it's important, but I mean, you and I, we lived in the same floor. We knew many guys who weren't technically violating the virginity line, but mm. the purity line was way mm. you know, way past them at yep. that point. Yep, yep, um, yep. And and that's what I think it is. You start you start playing with technicalities at that point and you kind of set people up to believe, well, as long as I don't cross this line, the Lord will still accept me. Right. Um and you're playing the how close can I get to the edge of the cliff game ultimately right. And, and right. as opposed to I want to pursue the Lord with purity of mind. Purity yep. of heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, Come on. it's not a purity that can solely be based on one aspect of who we are yes. in our bodies. When yes. there's so many things competing uh, for yep. for purity within ourselves.
0: Yep. No, I completely agree. And you took the verse right out of my mind. Is like Matthew five eight, right? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Yep. So this idea of like um, Jesus is looking at your heart. You know, he, and he's looking at that. And he it doesn't say blessed are the virgins right (laughs) you're in heart and you know people make mistakes or you know and i've even had people message in on the podcast of like well what if something was done to you in your past what if you were taken advantage of what if you were abused what if you were raped and this whole idea of like technically by the standards that you know we say you're not a virgin in those moments and so does now you're not in right standing with god so i think it's really you have to be really careful with this mentality that if you're a virgin, you're automatically pure. And if you're not a virgin, you're somewhat tainted. You can never be uh, clean. And, right. and I think that also points to uh, a weakness in the blood of Jesus, right? Like it only works for people that are virgins, but it doesn't work as well for people that aren't. It's like, sure. oh, you're redeemed, but you're not really whole because virgin so- whole. And it, that's like a dangerous slope to play with because then you're minimizing the power of the blood of Jesus. Absolutely, And I, I don't think Jesus looks at one guy who's a virgin and one guy who's not and says, well, you're slightly less than because <laughs> then you do that with every sin. You know, you do that right. with anything. And so I always tell people in examples, if we, this comes up in conversation is I'll tell them, well, I'm not a virgin anymore. I'm not. I'm married. <laughs> 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 so I'm not, a, I'm not a virgin anymore. So like, what does that look like now? because mm. if that holds true before you're married it's like well oh but you're married so it's fine but then yeah. we cannot equate virginity with purity because you and i both know you and i have to keep our hearts pure and our minds okay. pure even after we're married right it's just be like yeah exactly it's like oh no we are living as married men in right. a marriage where sex is a part of that marriage and so then we're looking out and saying our, our experience, our eyes are open to sex more than they've ever been open before. And so right. actually we have to protect it more so than yeah. before. And I, I always thought growing up, it was like, you have to protect your purity until you get married. No, 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 no. You have to protect your purity, your sexual integrity long after you're married. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't go away. And so people that yeah. like, oh, I just have to hold out until I'm married and then everything's solved. It goes back to this idea of, if I'm a virgin, I'm pure when actually, no, you have to keep your heart right even after you get married.
1: Right. I think that there's so much in that, everything that you just said, it's like, oh, I've crossed the finish line of marriage. I've made it. There's nothing else for me to worry about. Well, yep. if that was the case, I mean, there, I mean, there will hopefully be all these things that once we got through, we wouldn't have to try not to sin anymore. Right. And it's like, in fact, sexual purity becomes a higher priority after marriage because your guards are naturally let down. It's like, okay, yep. I have this person who is yeah. my person. Like yep. God is, has given me her. If you're a guy or giving me him, if you're a woman and we've taken vows. So now it's all open and it's all free. Yeah. But yep. temptation still comes. Yep. I mean, it, it's why affairs and divorce happen. Like yep. there are people who particularly may even target you because you're married. Maybe yep. they want what they can't have. Like yep. you have to fight and be intentional to keep the scripture, keep the Lord before you. Because mm-hmm. once you enter into marriage, I think, I think the battle intensifies because now you also have so many other things that you're balancing in Christ, of course, but there's more things on your mind. So Mm -hmm. it can be real easy to push sexual purity to the back of your mind as a married person and almost treat it as if it doesn't matter because I don't know, I'm I'm covered there. But in fact, you have to learn how to love. You have to learn how to love differently. You have to learn how to love wholly to this person that you've now given yourself to completely.
0: Yep, Absolutely. So I think, you know, that's some good context for, you know, that theme that again, maybe you've never said those words or maybe you've never heard someone say those words. But in your mind, if I'm virgin, I'm pure when in actuality, we know from living in a college dorm when living with guys and and being around youth and young adults all the time. It comes back to this idea. If you're asking the question, how far is too far? You're kind of living in this mentality of, well, I'm a virgin, so I'm fine with the Lord, but I can go all the way up to this line of, you know, all these things. And if I go here, I'm still in the box of virginity, so I'm pure. And when we're just kind of saying right now, that's that's not the case. That's not what the Lord had intended when he talked about blessed are the pure in heart. Um, And so I think that's just something that if you're as a listener or listening right now, just to ask yourself the question, like, do I have this thought process in my mind? Uh, Do I have a line that I can go to? Am I putting myself in this box? And having a verified check mark next to me if that's that. So, and again, I've I've had that too. Like, this isn't something that James and I are like, we've never had this and we're holier than all y'all. It's like us just saying, hey, these are things you have to watch for because they can kind of sneak into your mentality, damage your theology, damage the way that you see yourself as a son or as a daughter. And so, that's just the first of five, bro. This is great. This is great stuff. (laughs) Let's go on to number two. And this one's probably the most tricky because... We're not women, and this one's kind of in this area. So we might have to do a future episode with China and Ali on this one. I actually thought of this. I think it would be awesome to see it, so their feedback because both <laughs> of our wives can just speak it as it is. It's great. They,
1: they are strong thinkers and Come strong on. speakers. That's,
0: that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> um, the second one we'll talk about is this idea or this theme from purity culture that women are responsible for men's lust. My God. Or another way you can say is women are responsible for controlling. lust. So here's some examples. Just if you're a listener, you're like, what does that mean? It's this idea that like men are innately more sexual than women. So women have to be responsible to keep their brothers in Christ. We love that from stumbling, right? So it's your responsibility as a woman to make sure that I as a man don't stumble. How do I do that as a woman? It's, hey, you need to make sure you dress a certain way and you have to act a certain way. And if you if you act outside of that and a guy lusts or a guy comes on to you or whatever, it's your fault as the woman because you led him into this. And again, these aren't things that people might necessarily say from a microphone, but it's this idea that I've heard a lot of women really struggle with. And honestly, this kind of leads to the me too movement that was, you know, very recent, still kind of continuing of like, they didn't feel like they could say things because they felt guilty of saying like, well, I dressed this way. So I deserved what happened. I was in the situation. And so you deserve to have whatever happened to you, happened to you, which is obviously totally wrong, totally not what personal responsibility looks like. So James, I'll let you respond first to that. Like when you hear that and, and, and you've, probably seen that theme even going to a Christian college and being around the church for as long as you have, like, talk to us about that.
1: First, let me just repent on behalf of all men. Like, my God, even as you were saying it, I was cringing, like that idea, it comes from just in an over misogynistic culture and society that has, you know, valued men above women for so many years Um, in in many ways. I mean, I'm not, someone who subscribes to like, Oh, men are evil. Women are great. Of course. Like, but the idea that someone else is in the driver's seat of your life is, is just, it's the biggest excuse I've ever heard. And I think you said it right in the beginning. It's personal responsibility. As a man, we have to own what it is that we struggle with and we have to take the necessary precautions to prevent ourselves from getting in those situations. Mm -hmm. I think um, the idea to say oh well man if she wasn't so pretty I mean she can't help that she was more than pretty I mean yeah. if that she has a sense of fashion like that that, yeah. that doesn't reside on anyone as me as a young man um, I didn't actually have as much of a struggle with pornography but I had a strong struggle with lust I mean lust was a thing like yeah. I, I believe, you know, for those who try to be self-righteous and say, oh, well, I never actually clicked on any a video. Well, I mean, you have eyes and a brain with a TV screen inside. Yep. You, yep. you can create every video that you think. that. Mm-hmm. that oh, I'm not as dirty as I didn't do it. You yep. probably did it just in your head. Um, what the Lord has kind of shared with me in this area, just about purity, about wholeness and really greatness in any area, is that purity requires an appetite for the mundane. And what that means is like you have to be willing to put in the work to put those things aside and keep the Lord before you, you have to choose intentionally to surrender your gaze from women, um, yep. from things that are going to distract you. Because it's not just women that we can lust after. We can mm-hmm. lust after, you know, the Bible talks about the pride of life. You know, and and, and ambition, like wanting to get something that isn't in your hands. You can lust and make an idol after that even as Mm -hmm. much as well. So it's like you have to be willing to put in the work and to daily seek the Lord and say, Lord, you know, this is this is something that's broken in me. This yep. is something that I can't really take my mind off of. And so daily, I'm going to get before you. I'm going to get before your feet. I'm going to put myself in the scriptures. I'm going to yeah. you know, remind myself constantly of your promises over me. Mm-hmm. Because for a woman, I think to have to carry all the weight that they do. I mean, I think you would attest having a wife like, they do so much. Like, Absolutely. Like I, I wouldn't be the I wouldn't be a lot of who I am without like the, the grace and the gift of my wife. I Absolutely. don't think that it's on them to also carry the weight of a man's appetite and the sin in his life, honestly.
0: Absolutely. No, I, I just think back to Matthew five again, uh, twenty-seven and twenty-eight, where he's Jesus is talking, he's like, You've heard it said, You shall not commit adultery, right? But I tell you, even look at a woman lustfully, you've already sinned. You you've messed up. And so it's this idea of like, I think from that verse, a lot of people have taken, well, then a woman has to control what she wears or what she does so that a man doesn't. But again, I think that's an excuse for a man to say, well, I'm looking for an excuse to sin. And it, it, it creates like an on-ramp, right? It's like, oh, it's it's easy. And um, I'll never forget when uh, I was in high school and uh, my favorite people, Stephanie and Candace Davis, right? They are amazing, and they were kind of my youth pastors slash discipleship leaders mm-hmm. for many years. And we were going to a lake um, as like part of a we did like a little outreach trip, and there were about twenty of us, um, half guys, half girls. And we went to a lake, and you know she she was telling all the girls like you know you have to dress modestly, dress like this or whatever. Um, and then she came over to the guys, Candice did, and she said, um, "Yeah, you guys have to wear your shirts." like at, at the lake as well. And I remember me and, and one of my buddies, we were like, why, why, why do we have to do that? Like, why, like, why, why? And she's like, now you have an idea what women feel like they have to be like, wow. why do I have to do that? Like, why do wow. I have to cover up my body? Why do I? and, and I remember in that moment thinking probably for the first time in, in high school of just being like, man, like, this is what women have to think about is like covering their bodies in such a way that it's honoring. And it doesn't, um, it, it doesn't it doesn't cause someone to stumble, but also that they're thinking about others. And mm-hmm. as a guy, we're always thinking about ourselves in the sense of like, well, you made me or I was around this. So it made me rather than I'm thinking about another person or the other gender of just saying like, I'm, I have an awareness. And I think as guys, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, guys always have to wear this or girls can't wear bikinis. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like, it's an awareness of right. what women are intentionally doing And then what is my personal responsibility? And so instead of saying, well, it's because of them, well, what were you doing in that situation? Why were you there? Why did you respond that way? And so it's a heart check, which is why I feel like if Jesus is in the room right now, he's saying, what what is your heart saying right now? Right. We're going back to that heart posture. And so this whole idea that, you know, women have to control stuff for men. Again, I think you said it right. Our culture is just talking about the dominance of men. And that's not right. Right. That's not what Jesus did and in the Bible. Jesus points it right back to you. If you right. looked wrong, you've already sinned. It doesn't like matter what it. she's it doesn't matter what she's wearing. It doesn't matter what she's doing. You you've you've sinned. You've yeah. messed. Up. So I love some... that you gave a proactive approach too. It's not it's not like you're
1: this innocent lamb waiting to be oh yeah, <laughs> caught off guard by a woman who has shorts on. No, like being mindful of what you're doing i love what candace said because yeah modest is hottest for everyone everybody because we don't know what our neighbor is struggling with so for yep. their sake how act how proactive are we going to be yep just for the sake of others like and that's what the lord teaches us to do to be aware so i love that yep. she gave that, that other side of it
0: oh absolutely and i'll just say this to the dudes because i can say this to dudes i can't really speak to the women we'll let ally yeah. and china do that in the future but yeah. for for the guys like i think you know, we look at stats and stuff, more and more women are looking at pornography, right? More and more women are being engaged visually by what's going on. I think a lot of it's movies and TVs. I mean, you you look a lot of shows now and it's like the people watching a lot of these shows, let's talk like these historical dramas, right? Most historical dramas have some super vivid sex scenes and stuff. And we know men are not really watching those shows. Those are not shows for men. Those are shows for women and they're portraying things in such a way that's attractive to women visually. And mm-hmm. so you as a man think, what is my responsibility in what I choose to watch, what I choose to wear, how I choose to act? Because some guys, I won't name names, but we both know people that <laughs> yeah. love to parade their bodies and yeah. they don't think of themselves as, uh, they would never say a lust magnet. They would use a chick magnet, right? Like they just be like, oh, I look good. I know it. I'm going to show it off that's pride, right? right? Like it's pride. We, we moved away from less. We're over here in pride now, but you're still, you're still sinning. You're still, right. your heart's not right. And so you'll hear us keep going back to that over and over. It's about your heart. We're going back to that, but yeah. it's this idea of personal responsibility. And so I'll just challenge the men with it and say, Hey, women, you know, you, you talk to your women, let's talk about that. But for the men, Hey, take personal responsibility for your eyes, for your body, for your mind, and let the Lord deal with the women in theirs as well. Personal conviction, personal responsibility. I'm not going to say anything else.
1: <laughs> we'll do an we'll episode for both guys and girls entitled How to Not Be a Thirst Trap.
0: There we go. You already <laughs> got the title. Perfect. Perfect. Let's do that. No <laughs> <We're> less traps. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about number three. This one will be fun and probably uh, pretty short because <laughs> I think this has got a pretty uh, simple answer, but right. it's this idea of the flipped switch. And the flip switch idea is basically this theme is like, Hey, sex is so great. And if you wait for marriage, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be mind blowing. And you're just going to be able to flip that switch. And then you two are going to have an amazing, amazing time. (laughs) Now it's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll let you respond to that first, but it's this idea of like, it just happens. It just falls into place. It's just like because you were pure, the Lord rewards you with great sex, like right away. And we think this. And I I think like even like I thought that in some way of just like, oh, it's like this spiritual blessing of just like boom. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know how to else to explain it. Maybe maybe you got better terminology for it. This idea of like God's like, good job, my son. Good job, my daughter. You made it. Here on the other side, Holy Spirit, give this extra anointing and then just Great, everything works and it's it's beautiful. Um, it is it is awesome. It is beautiful. It is great. But talk to that flip switch mentality a little bit. Having n- now been married for are you four years
1: married? Four and a half years. Let's go. August.
0: I'm gonna be five in May, so I'm just I'm just a little bit ahead of you.
1: Just a little bit, man. You're right there. Listen, <laughs> lead the way for us. Make the path straight, John. <laughs> Make the path straight. <laughs> hey, man. So, man i my summary of the flip switch idea is it's a lie <laughs> like like there's no better way to say it it's just a lie like yep it, as much as it would be wonderful for that to be the truth mm-hmm. it's not like even four years in um i think most most married men um maybe who saved their virginity until marriage would say like I'm still exploring and learning my wife in so many ways. And I think it's a gift. Like, for me, I don't want to be bored um, with my wife. Like, oh, okay, it's been six years. That's it. Like, no, I I think four years in, we're still learning and discovering so much about each other sexually and within the bounds of marriage that are, like, that add to that experience. But I would be lying if I said, oh, because we were both virgins, the first night was just fireworks. No, it was a little (laughs) awkward. It's a little clunky. You don't know exactly what it is you're getting into mm-hmm. and I, I i actually believe the lord designed it that way because guess what that gets to breed good communication like mm-hmm. it teaches come on. you how to talk and that's something i know my men out there we struggle with a lot sometimes we don't have the right words to say and when yep. we feel something we just want everyone around us to understand it well yep. guess what sex and marriage requires you to communicate it literally it, in order for it to be as as much of a blessing as the lord wants it to be you're gonna have to come out as, outside of yourself and say hey, this is what I want. This is what, you know, what I think, what this would be most beneficial to us. What do you need? Like, how can I, how can I serve you in this way? Right. Like, and all that, yes, within the bounds of sex. I know those all sound like kind of weird terms to put. How can I serve you? Like, oh, you know, it's more than just cooking and more than just rubbing yep. your feet. It, it, there's more to it. And yep. I think getting out of that one dimensional idea that, well, as long as I obey by the letter of the law, when I get over there, the Lord will just drop down knowledge. Yep. Hey, you're going to be waiting a long time for that revelation to come.
0: But- yep, absolutely. And it's yeah. this idea, too, that of like you've earned something, right? Like, right. well, because because we did it pure or because we abstained before marriage and all this kind of stuff um, that like we're due something like we, we've earned this reward of just like great sex right off the bat or within three years or whatever it is, like people have to find a rhythm. And figure each other out and learn each other's bodies and like that's like you said it's that's part of the gift is like discovery and i think for men especially it was designed that way because we love to like figure things out and discover and it's like we learn something it's like this works and then it's like next week you're like oh that that doesn't that doesn't work anymore it's this (laughs) idea of it's a person right and that's where like pornography and stuff is like just adds to this idea of like well sex is just great if you always do this if you do this if you if you act this way um if you, if you do it in this way it's like then you'll always be great she'll always be great boom mm-hmm. like easy cookie cutter and that's what yeah. i think men find super appealing about pornography one of the things is it's just cookie cutter right like this you just abc boom like it's great you right. both enjoy it you're done and it's this idea yeah. of like there's, there's no relationship in that. There's no right. discovery in that. And there's no built-in trust in that. And I think right. part of like even, you know, with Ally and I both being virgins for our wedding night, one of the things was like this idea of this, this memory and this moment that wasn't built upon necessarily a flawless sexual experience that was like movies, right, right. or TV shows. It was this idea of like authentic, true, binding And just moment where it's like, it wasn't because we performed really well. Mm. It was just this idea of we're with each other. We're with each other. And I think that's why God intended it that way is it's this binding, this two becoming one flesh idea of just us binding together. And because of that, we build on that, you know, every day, every week, every year. It's just like this idea. And that's why I always thought like people that were like, oh, sex is way better, you know, after 20, 30, 40 years of marriage. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't know about that. You know, I'm going a prove them wrong type thing. But right. now I'm kind of like, I can see how that's going to be. I mean, I've only been married for like five years and I'm like, yeah. we can only go up from here. We can only get better and better and better. Not because it's bad, but because it's like this good and it can only get better. Right. Yeah. If we learn to communicate, if we learn to talk, if we learn to build relationship vulnerability outside of the bedroom, it's like we do this. And it just makes it better and better and better. And again, that's how I think God intended it. So, this idea of like, we've earned great sex from wedding night to honeymoon right away because we did it right. God, why are we? Because I know couples that have been like, why are we struggling with this? Why is this harder than yeah. this? Maybe we did something wrong. Maybe we chose the wrong person. Maybe we're not sexually compatible. There's all this stuff. And it's like, no, actually, this is part of the process. This is why yeah. God made it this way. So, yeah.
1: Let me just say that, like, those who are young and engaged, maybe, or dating, Please let us demystify that myth for you. Like, yeah, like setting the correct expectations does so much for your marriage in a healthy yep. way. Yep. So that you be, and you, you hit the nail on the head, even talking about pornography in a world where you can search exactly what turns you on. Yep. Not only is it obviously bad in the sake, for the sake of sin and lust, it does nothing for you as a person. It does mm-hmm. not develop you being married when you're vulnerable and allow it to do its work develops you as a person it requires you to be what's that whole person socially adept like (laughs) you have to learn how to talk your wife or your husband and say hey i'm not getting what i need here let's work on it together Mm -hmm. am i giving you what you need it develops you so much in the way of communication and those are lessons that you can take anywhere now not necessarily that you're going to ask someone else that question right right, right. it it teaches you to ask hard questions Mm -hmm. and to and to receive hard answers because you may ask a question and someone may have to your spouse may tell you like yeah, this isn't, you know, this isn't what I need right now, but I know, you know, I'm here, I'm dedicated, I know that we can work on this together and get there, so for those who are listening and you're thinking through, like, what does the next step of marriage look like, it's going to be fun, it's -hmm. going to be an adventure, and that doesn't mean, I mean, if you watch any movie about adventures, things have to go wrong for them to get better, and again, when it comes to movies and shows that have way too much sex in them, it's like, not only is that bad for your eyes, but it also sets unrealistic expectations. It's not that simple, guys. It's yeah. like literally these things are made to to kind of make this fantasy the most desirable thing. It makes you want to almost like make your mouth water for, oh, sex will be just like that. It won't yep. be. <laughs> Let me yep. help you. It won't yep. be. <laughs> yep. And yep. yeah, and
0: I'd, I'd to help those couples as well, like, Just be careful what you're watching, especially in this season. Singles too, but like if you're dating because then you're putting expectations on your future spouse that you don't even, you can't even verbalize, but you're like she or he will do this in our sex life and you have that expectation that you won't even be able to verbalize and when you get there, you'll be frustrated and you'll be like, why? It's because you have this expectation because you've been filling your mind with, well, this is what good sex looks like. This is what it looks like to be turned on. This is what it looks like to frequency. Like how often, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's this idea of like, you're putting expectations on a person without even telling them and without you even fully understanding. So be careful what you watch. Yes, you want to guard your eyes from lusting, but also for setting unhealthy expectations. That's, that's, cool. that's real. Take it from two married guys. We know <laughs> something. We don't know everything. We know something after being right. married for five years. So,
1: <laughs>
0: number four, the fourth area we want to talk about is this idea of um, from purity culture that stems of the fairy tale love story, right? If um, do things God's way, do things in a pure way, um, and He's going to work out a picturesque storybook um, moment of meeting the one dating engagement it's going to be this picturesque perfect thing why because god's rewarding you for your purity he's going to reward you with a beautiful love story now let me just say god does give us amazing love stories he does he loves love stories he loves to orchestrate relationships i love my love story i know you love yours with china it's like it's so unique it's so different than anything we would expect because it's this adventure yeah. But this idea that we've earned, again, we've earned from God. We're due this kind of love story that we have an expectation for um, based on our year. We expect to be married by 24 and we expect to have kids at 28 and we expect mm-hmm. this or that. And we have these expectations because, again, of what we're seeing, what we're hearing. And because we think, well, that's God's will for my life. Is that mm-hmm. as I'm pure, God's will for my life is X, Y, Z. When he says, actually, it's K. BWF <laughs> all together, and that's what he's planning, but we want it XYZ. And so, talk to us a little bit about like that fairy tale love story idea. Like, how does that throw us off?
1: I think the premise of adding a fairy tale to anything in the life of, of a believer is just misleading and, and it's, it's dangerous. Like, the idea. Cause I can take that anywhere and like, oh, once I'm saved, my life's gonna turn upside. No, it's gonna go the other way. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, literally, heroes of the faith, Paul, Joseph, are the hero of our faith, Jesus, did everything right and yep. still did not get what I would describe as a fairy tale. Getting dragged across the street, naked, beaten, bloody is not for me a yep. fairy tale. So, to me, the idea of running into any part of our lives and saying what you're essentially doing is saying God owes you one. Right. And the truth is, God doesn't owe you anything. Like, mm. if we want what we're owed, hell has a long line in front of it. So, like, <laughs> I don't think any of us want to try to get in first, like, oh, this is what God owes me because I did exactly right. what He told me to do. No, that's not how yep. it works. And yep. the Lord is constantly working things out to perfect us. Yep. And perfection is not that's that that's when the fairy tale comes at the end but the the journey to perfection is no fairy tale. it's actually okay. quite hard yep. put this in the fire sometimes it doesn't feel good and the only reward for us serving him is holiness our reward yep. for, for for a life served is the ability to be in christ mm-hmm. and to serve god in holiness and holiness wow. is it's the highest level of human existence because mm-hmm. in holiness, you're able to give in to every one of your passions, mm-hmm. every one of your desires, and each and every one of them bring glory to God. Right. Before you're in holiness, your passions and your desires, I mean, the epitome of this podcast, they're going to get you out of sonship. And they're yep. definitely going to get you in some hypersexuality. Yep. But when you're Absolutely. in holiness, you get to give in to everyone, every desire, and it's all glorifying him. And that, mm-hmm. to me, based off what we see in scripture, that's our mm-hmm. reward is that we get to be a son of God. We get to find ourselves in him and we get to serve the one who ultimately serves us. You said, you love your love story. I love my love story. Well, this whole game of salvation is one big love story. It's about a God who was separated from the one he loved. And I love to, when when I'm talking about uh, the veil being torn um, and how, you know, when sin, when sin was keeping us from God, there was a veil between him and us. And when the veil was torn, we gained access to him. No, he gained access to us. He was yes. waiting eagerly outside of that veil that sin had us in mm-hmm. and he was able to get to his bride that he longed for. That, that's the greatest love story. So
0: I love that. And I, I, I just love this idea of like, it's, it's God's pursuit of us, not yeah. our pursuit of him. Even though we are called to pursue him and to go after him, but this idea of like, he went the 99, right? Like, he went the 99.9. <laughs> 9. Like, he's there. All you have to do is just reach out your hand. That's it. It's right. like, just put your hand out. He's there. He's that yeah. close to you. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes with this idea of like the fairy tale love story, is you can slip into this prosperity gospel almost mentality <laughs> of like, it's a prosperity dating gospel. <laughs> Talk about that, Augie. Do the right thing, get the right result. Yeah. Act a certain way, get yeah. the get the person you want to marry. And I think when you have a um, prosperity dating kind of mindset, we saw this a lot over you not going to name names, but there are people <laughs> that were petrified or just straight up on their high horse about going out with anyone because mm-hmm. they had this idea of it has to look this way yep. because it has to look this way. If I operate outside of this, I'm going to miss the blessing. I'm going to miss this opportunity. I'm not talking about stepping outside of the the realm of, of purity or, or holiness. Like, no, I'm talking about the person's like, well, you know, I always imagined that God would bring a person that would do X, Y, and Z. They would be this kind of pastor. They would want to be in this kind of business. And they have this picture of what they believe. And you know what? It's like, cool. Like you got to work with the Holy Spirit on that. I'm not here to judge. Like, but there were so many people, especially, At our university (laughs) that (laughs) were petrified to go on one date. (laughs) If that one date wasn't the thing, like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm supposed to marry this person. Well, how do you know? You've never had coffee with them. Go for coffee. A coffee does not equal a wedding ring. <laughs> like, it's just,
1: oh, hey, it's a coffee. But when your husband or wife was supposed to order a flat white mocha and instead they ordered a venti grande, like, people <laughs> will lose their mind. I mean, that's literally how they operated. It was like, oh, they didn't do exactly what I, I thought I heard the Lord said. So it throws off the fairy tale, it throws off the yes. story. And now I'm going to abandon. Yes. Perhaps what the Lord put in front of me mm-hmm. and what he's given me, something that's going to challenge me, cause yes. me to grow, cause yes. me to explore myself. But because it didn't look like how I thought, I'm going to run. So that fairy tale concept is so dangerous because it may cause you to reject the blessing
0: of God. Absolutely. And it, it also feeds this idea of the one right? We can debate all all for an hour about the one. Personally, in my personal belief, I don't think there's the one, right? Like, I I think God knows who he wants for you. I think he's got somebody in mind for you because he knows our future. He knows eternity. So he's looking at and he's like, I know who they're going to choose. Like, it's fine. I I got it. I know. But this idea of like, look, like he is positioning people in front of you. He's positioning people right there. And I always heard this analogy and I thought it was really great is as you're running your race, Eventually, you'll hear someone on your right or on your left or on your right. it be like in your right, like in Captain America, on your right. <laughs> or on your, I don't remember. It's on Which your record. left. On your left. He's like, on your left. And he's just outpacing him, outrunning it. And I think you and I can both attest. There were times when we're at over you as second years at ORU And we're looking at our left and our wives are like, now wives, they're now passing us on this. And we say, oh, this girl, yeah. she's challenging me. And so yeah. I'm going to pick up my pace a little bit. And then eventually you find we can run at the same pace together. And yeah. it was never this, I'm going out there and I'm waiting for the one to like drop in my lap and I'm going to have these five signs when I'm running my race, she's running hers. I look over, and I'm like, I'd like to keep running with you. You look right. good. You are amazing. <laughs> I see where you're running and I think we can run in the same direction. Let's link yeah. up. Let's do this. And we become running partners for life. Yeah. It's this idea of, I'm not looking out here for this picture perfect, the one, the, yeah. the, the thing that has to happen in order for me to get the blessing. Like you said, it's God's put it right in front of you. He's put it right alongside you, and you're just you're missing it because I look at it like it. I don't know if you ever do this. I look back at our old dating pictures. My first dating picture with Allie. I look awful. <laughs> I look at her and I'm like, how did you think I was attractive? <laughs> I I, tell, I feel like I'm pretty. Uh, good looking now. Like I look myself. I feel like I picked myself up with fashion a little bit. <laughs> I got some facial hair now. It's I don't have my glasses. I look like a nerd with my glasses, bro. I don't know why yes. you didn't tell me nothing. I I look like such a nerd. And then I was like out here now. And now glasses are cool. So if you wear glasses, you're like cooler. Back then, it was I was not cool at all. Yeah, so I look back at that and I'm like, why would you choose me? Like just <laughs> based on looks alone? Why would you choose me? Wow. And she saw something in my future. She saw what I was going to become. So she chose me. And I looked at her, I said, Man, you're beautiful. And now she's even more beautiful to me now, physically, but also where she's going. And so it's not this idea of like Ali saw me and said, The one box, check. He has everything I need and want and every yeah. I'm becoming all of that still. Like, and that's what's awesome about not a picture perfect fairy tale love story is it's not in the box. It's yeah. this exploratory adventure, like you talked right. about, right? We get to explore the rest of our lives together and we get to do it together. So,
1: yeah, fairy you know, tales. And to your point, man. Like, let's be fair to fairy tales. Like, I don't like. If you look at Cinderella, like, there was some hard days. Like, <laughs> she's cleaning up her little ugly stepsister's feet, and she's yep. her, her mean stepmom. Like, uh, Sleeping Beauty was put in a coma. Like, if yes. you look at it, like, these like true stories have like resolution they have resolved there's mm-hmm. a rising action there's conflict like mm-hmm. so don't don't shortchange the story that god is writing like not only do we serve the god the creator of the universe but he's the greatest storyteller ever yes he's whoever existed i mean he he is the the great writer he's the yeah. great judge. He, he's doing all these things with intention Yep. And so, I think sometimes with this fairy tale stuff, we can get it kind of leads us to that highlight real Christianity. Yeah. Like everything should look good. And it's mm-hmm. like, Say we, it. we experienced the epitome of that in college because I think it was at its peak while we were in our peak, quote unquote, in our college days <laughs> where everyone's like, oh, I'm out doing the greatest thing. I'm going to this nation. I'm going to marry this person. I just yep. got this much money. And it's like, the truth is, that's not life, guys. Like, yep. There there are a whole bunch of minutes lived outside of the one minute story on Instagram that you're watching. Mm. And so I don't want us to ever get so close to a, a good life that the Lord can't trust us with it. We try to parade yeah. that as if that's been everything. No, yep. Moses, Moses yep. without the wilderness is not the deliverer of God's people. Like yep. without that burning bush experience, without him being cast out in exile from Egypt after being a prince, yep. that story holds no weight. Him Absolutely. delivering... The, the nation of Israel can't happen unless he's cast in the darkness. Joseph can't save his brothers and his entire nation if he's not first put in the prison, sold yep. in slavery. So it's like, don't, don't short sell what the Lord is doing in you in this moment for, for the idolatry of what you want him to be doing in every moment.
0: Absolutely. You know, and if you're someone that's listening and you're like, man, I, I think I have this mentality. I need to like, get out of that. Like what's a good resource, a book that I recommend to everyone that's, even if if you're going into dating or if you're single right now and you want to date well and you want to have a good mentality is look at this amazing marriage book by Francis Chan called You and Me Forever, Mm. because he completely dispels this idea of like, you know, it has to be this picture perfect thing because it's such an inward thing when really relationships, not just marriage, but relationships are saying, how can I be a part of the transformative work of helping this person become more like Christ? And the whole premise of this book of You and Me Forever is that um, your spouse, you are helping them become more like Jesus. And the goal is that when they stand before Jesus and you stand before Jesus, you will do so separately. You will not be standing together in front of Jesus. You will be standing solo by yourself. And he's going to ask you, did you love your spouse? Did you honor your spouse? Did you pour into your spouse so they become more like me? And it's this idea of totally out of of the selfish love story idea wow. that's all about us wow. and it's oh my primary goal in loving Allie in our marriage and through dating and engagement is how am I helping her become more like Jesus how am I holy spirit use me to do that for the rest of my life that's mm-hmm. the commitment of marriage and so if, you're, if you guys are looking for a good resource I'd highly recommend that book Allie and I've read it twice we're gonna read it again this year just because it always like puts your mentality back off of from selfishness to selflessness and putting it back of like, Lord, would you increase? Would we decrease? Would what I want decrease? Would what you want increase? And so if you're a listener, you should, you should pick up that book. It's, it's a golden, golden nugget right there. Wow. Wow. Gold. All right. Last one, as we kind of wrap up, um, this episode is this idea of what I call the spiritual acceptance ticket. And is this similar to the first point we talked about of like having God kind of accept you um, because you were a virgin and because you've remained pure. But it's also this idea of like, you have to be pure. You have to, um, you have to be pure in order to be accepted and loved by God. And this idea of, you know, if you are, um, if you have messed up, if, you know, many guys, many girls that are listening to this, they have messed up. You have lost your virginity. You are stuck in an addiction to pornography. You are just battling a lustful mind. And you're just saying, I have to clean myself up to get pure. I have to, I have to do something to get to the place where God can love and accept me. And so James talked to us about that a little bit of just kind of this idea that purity culture, I think kind of said like, you know, if if you want to really be loved by God, you have to be pure kind of, you know, it's kind of a, a convoluted area Talk to us about that idea of kind of being loved and accepted, but struggling with impurity lusts. Yeah.
1: So I think one of the best ways to tackle this topic is to reveal the truth about purity and that it's a continuous race. Mm. Purity is not, uh, it's not a ticket that gets punched. And once you're in, you're in. It's it's similar. You know, there's the big debate about once saved, always saved. Once pure, always pure. Or is it something that you have to maintain? Psalms yeah. 119 and 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And it's by guarding it with your word. Now, he uses yeah. the word keep. So that means that your way of purity yeah. can vary. It, it will yep. go, you, but you have to maintain a standard yep. and, a, and a mandate of purity as you are going. Mm-hmm. It is not something that, oh, I'm in the purity club. I'm all good. I don't have to look back. I don't got to check up on myself. I don't need accountability. I don't need covering. No, mm. you need all of those things to keep your way pure. Yep. And I think sometimes we, again, like we talked about it earlier, human nature, we want a quick fix. We want the we want the one size fits all. We want the three-in-one shampoo. No, 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 yep. no. You can't have three-in-one shampoo and body wash and conditioner. You're dirty. Yep. Not using yep. the right products, like you need mm-hmm. something for your body, you need <laughs> something for your hair, you need something to <laughs> replenish the moisture in your hair. Like oh, uh, God. We, In on. the same way, purity is not this one-stop shop. It is something that you maintain for your entire life mm-hmm. by guarding it with the Word of God.
0: Yep, absolutely. And it's this idea, too, that I think the enemy loves to use, is you have to clean yourself up in order to get to Jesus, mm-hmm. in order to get to God. So for a lot of people that have messed up, that have, you know, um, that are stuck in an addiction or whatever, I don't want you to think or feel that you can't approach the throne until you've like dusted yourself off, changed your clothes, all that. Because even if you do everything, you know, the Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags, right? We do everything right, and we're still filthy. We do, you, you never messed up. You never lost your virginity. You've never looked at porn, and you're still filthy rags. Like, you are nothing without... Christ's blood, and it comes back to this thought that, like the prodigal son, right, in Luke 15, hey, he he came back with a speech. He came back prepared to clean himself up, to earn his way back into his father's house, and yet his father runs to him as he's kind of plodding along back up the path. Father runs to him, embraces him in his filth, and then without The son's even full repentance barely gets the words out. And the father says, get a robe, get shoes, get some nice Yeezys up on him, (laughs) get the ring out. I'm getting out the best stuff for him. Oh, and by the way, let's do a feast. And the son hasn't done anything to earn any of that acceptance or love back from the father except show up. Yeah. Just shows up. And his father's like, yeah, forget all that. Forgiven, covered. Hey, there may be consequences for that. We may have to like do things differently. You may need some accountability with finances from here on out. <laughs> but Absolutely. But, the, but from this point on, I love you and accept you. And, yeah. and that's, you know, and then we know about the older brother and how he had a hard time with that. And so this idea of like, hey, you don't need to clean yourself up and you can't clean yourself up. If you want to come back, allow the blood of Christ to come just wash over you by simply just showing up and saying, God... I'm sorry, I need to be clean, and I need you to make sure I'm clean, to, to clean me up, to purify me. First um, John 1, 9, right? If we confess our sins, Lord, you are faithful, and you are yeah. just and able yeah. to forgive us and to purify us from all unrighteousness. Not just to forgive us, but he's also able to purify us from all unrighteousness. And I think that's the, the greatest thing I want to hear because most of us have somewhat of a damaged sexual past. most of us haven't gone into marriage and just been like, yeah, it was great. And no real problems, no real struggles, no real lusting. (laughs) We all are struggling in different areas. And so I want you to feel that there are no spiritual timeouts. There are no self cleanups in order to allow God to start working on you in this area. You do need help. You do need to come under covering and accountability and all that, but you don't have to like do six months of not looking at porn or, Hey, I haven't, I haven't, you know, lusted in like a week. So now I'm like better and I'm in God's graces. It's this idea of no, actually he does that. You just come to him.
1: Absolutely. And for those people who have, uh, like you said, what we call a colorful past, like, because we all have them in some way, shape or form. But if you fall into that category, it's like, Oh, I don't have my virginity anymore, but I'm still pursuing a whole marriage. I'm still pursuing a whole relationship. Let's talk about the work of Christ for a minute. 2 Corinthians 5, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And behold, on. all things have passed away. That's everything. So everything that, and, and again, for whether we live righteously or not, to come to Christ, everything has to pass away. So yep. all those A's that you think you've gotten on your tests, leading up until now, they're passed away because you didn't get a better score than Christ did. Yep. He prayed all the prayers. He yep. sang all the songs. Mm-hmm. He lived the, the right life. And you get the honor and the privilege of just showing up and getting to receive what he has for you. But don't don't allow the lies of the enemy to make you think, oh, well, I haven't lived the life that I should, so I don't deserve. Yep. That's the opposite side of what we were talking about earlier, because now you're still working and you're still finding a way to essentially say, I don't deserve based off my yep. works. I do deserve based off my works. And I think um, in the Western church for a while, we've kind of separated being from doing. And yep. we, we love to say, oh, it's not about what you do. It's just about who you are. And it's like, that's cute. But we're introduced to the yep. ultimate being God as a creator. We're yep. introduced to him while he is doing. Absolutely. And so, you know, God forbid for us to strip love of its duty, like mm. love in its mm. being state still has work to do. James yep. says, you know, show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my
0: works. So there yeah. is
1: there is something to do, but Christ is going to give you the grace to do Absolutely. each and every one of those things. And it's going to be birthed out of a place of love.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, we could give you 15 practical things you could do to yeah. help you. But at the end of the day, if your heart's not right in it, if you feel like you have to strive or earn that blood of Jesus, that, that forgiveness, that acceptance, then I could give you 15 things. You do them all and you're still going to struggle internally because your heart's not running with it. And so that's our goal. Even in talking with you guys about these five things is to kind of help you guys ask yourself, why do I think this way? Where did that come from? And how do I like change that again? A lot of these aren't even like heretical, right? Like hundred percent heretical a couple of them are, but this idea of like, I got to shift my thinking a little bit. I gotta, I gotta bring it back to the word bring it back to godly counsel and community and say, okay, I can live differently, but I have to think a little differently. My heart has to make sure that it's, it's set on purity. It's set on the purity of Christ, not my purity of willpower because that will fade. It's this idea of like, I need to make sure that in all five of these things, it's a self-check, like it's a heart check. And, you know, James and I can say like, we would be lying if there were times that one of these five things we didn't fall into a little bit slide into our thinking and we oh we got to change that up because like james said it's a it's a journey of purity and one of the reasons why i i harp on sexual integrity is because i think purity and purity culture has kind of gotten a bad rap right it's gotten this rap of like it's legalistic it's about these things checking boxes and it's about unfulfilled promises because purity culture promised this and it's not delivering and again it's this transactional type of um Expectations. And what I want to challenge listeners with in this is hopefully you're hearing James and I talk that you kind of ask yourself these heart questions so you don't set yourself up for disappointment and you set your expectations on what Christ has in store for you rather than you saying, um, here's my expectations and here's what I expect from what the Lord is going to give me, rather than saying, Lord, how can I serve? How can I come low? How can I help my future spouse now by? Becoming the type of person that you can use to make them become more like you. Mm-hmm. And so it's this kind of thinking and um, adjustment that I would challenge you as listeners to really just sit down and think about. Get in the word. Ask Holy Spirit these questions for yourself. Like, don't just take James and I's word for it. Don't take any pastor's word for it. Get in the word. Go to the scripture. And I, I think it's, it's worthwhile because you don't want to carry those kind of unhealthy expectations and things into your future marriage, into your future relationships. So hopefully that was helpful for you as listeners. James, I'll give you the last word, any final nuggets of truth, wisdom, practicality, or anything that you want to leave with our listeners?
1: Honestly, I just want to one to the listeners, just encourage you to continue your walk. Um honestly resources like this podcast are so pivotal. Um, I think my favorite episodes from uh, season one were Others May, But You Cannot. Um, There were so many good nuggets that you put. And I just want to say to you, Augustine, in a world where the sheep of God have their appetite wet for charisma Mm -hmm. and personality alone, the burden to share substance is so great. And so I just want to shout you out and appreciate you for creating a platform where substance is at the forefront. What God is saying is at the forefront. We're not here to, you know, be super fun personalities that shake and jive and make everyone laugh, and that's fun <laughs> if you can do that while sharing substance. But the point is that we get the word of God into you, and yeah. I just love that you're doing that here. So anyone listening, keep listening, because the Sonship and Sexuality podcast is doing that in such an amazing way. Um, and and just don't let any truths from people. Don't let those usurp the truth of God. I love Come what on. you said. That we, we are encouraged in the Word to test everything. Mm-hmm. Even the words that we're speaking now, take it yep. to the Word. Take it for yourself. Use these resources. Don't rely on them. Rely on the Word of God yes. as you pursue purity and